Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. It's a Falls Count Anywhere Friday, and we have the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer. And we have our good friend, Spar with Justin Labar on today's show. We go over all the hot topics of the week that was in pro wrestling. We also talk about Goldberg's possible return. And how about this? Our very own diva, Gabby, does her segment, Diva on Divas, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. You know, Tommy and I had this conversation yesterday, Tommy, to, to, to piggyback something that we talked about, and that is about the lack of stars on NXT, Tommy. I know that you mentioned that yesterday where and, – and, and Justin, I want to get your take on what, uh, what Tommy said, and I agree with what Tommy said. NXT is kind of like college football. You know, it's, it's hey, you know, you get your four years, and then you're moving on up to the NFL. And it, and I, I kind of feel that that cloud over NXT is definitely hurting that show. True or false? I, I, I would say it's true. I, I, I have no argument against that because you're right. Everybody, you know, even even Cross, you know, Karrion Cross, I think, is one of the most uh, interesting people that's come along in a lot of years. And the way he the way he was just presented in NXT, that the build up, the debut, uh, how, how just the quick booking before he got harmed. And I know that just with him being injured and out these last few months, uh, you know, I, I could sell a lot of people in the wrestling world, a lot of fans had serious concern of will he will we see him again in NXT or is when he when he reappears is it going to be at the Rumble is it going to be you know on Raw or SmackDown and the fact that you now have to live uh, in this situation of getting you know getting behind a guy or girl in NXT but then wondering when is it going to be snatched away and unfortunately track record show when they go to Raw or SmackDown not too often does it live up to the same you know not not too often do they get booked in the same high regard uh so yeah in that way in that way with the window it is like college football it's also like college football in the sense of I don't know a whole lot. Like I know people that'll sit down and watch the NFL and just watch whatever games on. Right. Most people I feel like who watch college football, you know, they, it's because they're invested in the particular conference or, or that school. So then it, it's the same thing with NXT. I, you know, if you're watching NXT, it's because you've been following Adam Cole's career since ring of honor, or you've been following, you know, whomever you know, carrying cross since, you know, where, where, you know, things he did prior, you know, I don't, I, I don't feel like there's that, there's that generic blanket of a viewer in NXT. It's like, they have to be, um, very much into uh, particular performers uh, to care, uh, especially now when you have an alternative uh, simultaneously that's doing a lot of the quick, I don't want to say shotgun, but just, it just qu- a lot of quick, you know, big hits that they're doing each week with their stories uh, in, AW- in AEW. So do you see, is this going to be the norm? Like where uh, AEW now with all this star power is going to be around that number and NXT is what it is. Like it's going to be probably around that because it's going to be very, very difficult 
to build on it. I, I mean, the, they got the show coming up on the 6th, but already kind of AEW is throwing a jab back at NXT because you have Snoop Dogg that's going to appear on AEW Dynamite on, on, on Wednesday, January 6th. That, so that's very interesting as well because I'm sure the WWE can't be happy that a, a WWE Hall of Famer is going to appear on AEW Dynamite up against NXT programming. And interestingly enough, Snoop also doing that business venture right now in merchandise of The Undertaker. So interesting timing there. You know, I mean, we've seen WWE. I mean, look, they, they, they got pissed at Jay and Silent Bob and pulled them from the SmackDown red carpet because they showed up at the first Dynamite in the crowd. So, I mean, obviously, Snoop Dogg's got more, you know, more uh, tenure with WWE and, and uh, higher up in the, in, the, in the entertainment food chain. But you never know these days. Um, you know, I don't think Dynamite's going to get a million every single week. I think I think they still will. You know, I think most weeks they still are going to average in the seven or 800,000. But yeah, I don't see right now. I don't see any, any change to more weeks than not. They're, they're beating NXT and NXT is not a bad program. I just think NXT is a lot better. If you want to look at things from a long-term storyline standpoint, you know, barring injury, or, you know, if you want more of a traditional heel versus face, pro wrestling match and program NXT is for your palate. AEW is a lot more, again, quick hits, a lot, a lot of, you know, they, 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 in my, the analogy I use, they swing for the fences every time. It's either a home run or it's a big whiff. That's how I take AEW. Um, and, and I think more times than not, they're hitting the ball deep, which is good for them. Uh, there's, you know, so I think, I think this is what it's going to be like, and I think it's not going to change. I think the only out for, at this point is for NXT to, to move off of Wednesday and go to a night where they're unopposed. While that might make certain sense, I, I just wonder, I don't know if I could see Vince and WWE conceding to do that. I think that's a pride thing. I think that's, a, that's an admission of, oh, we've lost this quote-unquote war. But I think long-term, that would be the best for them. We've seen when NXT's been unopposed, you know, the few times that AEW's had a move off of Wednesday, and NXT's d- done really good numbers and all yep. attention's on them. But I just don't know if, if we would see uh, the conceding. The other thing that sucks about this for, for NXT is that prior to AEW going up against them, NXT, it almost felt like anything was possible. You know, I, I always felt that before AEW started, I felt with NXT – one time they could pull out the right story with the right heel who's anti-establishment and that'll get you a triple h match at a takeover or hey what if john cena showed up and said i'm going to come to takeover i'm going to do one of my open invitational challenges that we've seen him do before i always thought something like that was possible that could put nxt into new viewership and new credibility to to an audience that's not otherwise watching them now that nxt is the direct competitor against AEW and they're losing i feel like wwe is i feel like vince at least with raw and smackdown is stepping back a little bit it's like all right that is our third product that's, oh, you're only beating our third product. You're not beating our product that has Roman yes. Reigns on it. So, like, I feel like that, that, that anything is possible kind of thing has been taken away, and NXT is in its own little world that we won't dare put our most special gems there. Tommy, do you think that that's true? Because, like, if you look back at a, a year ago, coming off of the heels of Survivor Series, like, NXT was all over Survivor NXT dominated at last year's Survivor Series. You know, the WWE made it clear that it was a third brand, and they, they I, I think Justin's right. They've completely backed off of that. So is that a way of the WWE saying, all right, this isn't doing very well, so we're going to make it clear it's a developmental brand? Or do you think there's something else behind that? I have no clue. Um, you and I had discussed, and, and Justin on the show yesterday, Dave read the takeover from just three years ago. And there was one person who found success, and that was Drew McIntyre in on the main roster. And he's really the only big WWE superstar um, from that one show. And there's been a bunch of people that have been let go from the company. 
mm-hmm. that were in the main event and in just three years. And yes, I, I agree. And I said it, NXT lacks superstars and it lacks like what you just said, this unknown. I had pitched the idea of um, Adam Cole's group. If they went out there, they survive war games and stuff. And they just, you know, we're the, we're the greatest faction of all time. And then if you hit DX's music and here came, you know, three of those guys all work for the WWE in the developmental. So if they just walked out, looked around and just stood up on that apron, I mean, on that entranceway, just looked at each other and be like, really? Even if they gave the, the proverbial golf clap, it would have people buzzing. Have people buzzing like, oh, my God. Even if you had, oh, please don't have Triple H and Shawn Michaels bury this group, it would just have people talking if they did stuff like that. They did it with Sting the night bef- uh, the week before. What did Sting do in his appearance? Absolutely nothing. He looked at this guy, looked at this guy, looked at this guy, and it created buzz. And then what they do the next week? Hey, Sting's going to talk. What did Sting talk about? Not a whole lot, but it opened the door of, are we going to see Sting versus Darby Allen? Are we going to see Sting, Cody Rhodes? Seeing Sting and Arn Anderson made uh, me super duper happy. Sting and Tony Schiavone, things like that. And, and really, what was it? It was nothing. It really was nothing. But it spoke volumes because you could see the the numbers that it did. No, and right. I think, I mean, Justin, it goes back to what you said where, you know, a year ago, it'd be like, all right, what could happen here? And now it's like... You work with what you got. I don't think you're going to see those big surprises anymore. Yeah, for now, that's that's what it seems. And yeah, I mean, right now the track record with NXT, like like Tommy just said, you know, Drew obviously an exception. You know, I, you know m- m- maybe after Drew, you're looking at a guy like a, like an Elias, who Elias was never the, the main eventer in NXT. He was mid card in his time in NXT, but you know, he he's a guy that's gotten to have you know multiple segments and, and matches with John Cena's and Undertakers and different legends uh, on raw or smackdown i mean yeah and that and, and what's that say the guy a guy who's never held a title on raw or smackdown i don't believe but you know has at least gotten those segments but he's one of the best the best booked and best best delivered guys on raw or smackdown that that was in nxt for any length of time and like I, it's like again what does that say you know we'll see what happens with keith lee you know, it's too 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 soon to say but yeah it's just a completely you know and i know that there's guys and girls that don't want to leave nxt you know, never mind the money difference or what have you, but there's some that don't want to leave NXT just because they're at least they feel that they're getting used and getting, uh, you know, getting to have fun, uh, if nothing else, in NXT uh, rather than going to Raw or SmackDown and, and dealing with uh, the potential pitfalls. So, yeah, I don't know what the I, I don't know what the end game is. Again, I think I think NXT has to move to a different night at some point. I think that would just be best for business for them uh, to use that that very outdated and, and worn out term. But I, I think that's what would have to happen. The biggest superstar in NXT, quite frankly, is the fact that uh, Triple H and NXT are able to use the WWE warehouse and nostalgia. They're able to use in your house. They use war games. They pull out, uh, you know, they, Halloween Havoc. They pull out these, you know, wrestling fans love nostalgia. They love to say, oh, what, you know, they love things like Tommy just pitched. Oh, what if DX came out and, and, and stood, you know, against this group? I mean, they love nostalgia. So that's really been the biggest superstar at NXT is being able to pull out all these uh, entities that they own and uh, the licensing to. And they also did it with, you know, the Halloween Havocs. They were good. And yes, they threw the nostalgia in there. But the shows were quality and it wasn't like you were going to have Jake the Snake versus Sting. And and it's funny, I was just having this conversation with an older wrestler, you know, uh, yesterday. You don't want to see, and it was apparent, you don't want to see older wrestler versus older wrestler because then it becomes old timers day. 
you yeah. want to see this guy versus that guy. Eight, you know, even with, you know, uh, impact in AEW, <clears throat> definite bump for impact. Hey, did then that mean that also translated to a definite bump? Because are you going to see somebody else uh, on AEW? Could be. And then fans put out like all these dream matches of like what really like, oh, my gosh, I have the potential to see this. And it, it's just it laid the foundation for people to be talking. And then because in the, the business that we're in now with social media, everyone wants to speculate. This show is that, you know, at times we, we recap and then we talk about what could happen. And, and this this show success of it. When you have people talking uh, and doing things like that, because wrestling, if you think about it, for, for baseball, for football, for basketball, we have trade deadlines. And that's what people are talking about the most about. It. And then it's like, all right, well, now that they made these trades, they're going to talk about the playoffs. But if your team isn't doing well, your team's not in the playoffs, what are they talking about? Well, next year, when the season yeah. is still going on, this isn't. This is so unlike it because it's professional wrestling. There is no next season. There is, it's always constant. And when you have that constant buzz and when you have people always talking about it, you know, even like this Saturday is what's the name of the pay-per-view Dave final, uh, final resolution, final resolution. People like, Hey, is there going to be AEW people? Uh, you know, I don't know, but what I'm just trying to say, it speculates. And then which means people are going to tune in. So I think that's very much it. Yes, and then, but also what AEW's capturing that younger demo. And if you have a mixture of the older wrestling fans and the younger wrestling fans, it's going to be successful. I know this because I lived it. Because so many people come up to me and tell me, man, I was out of wrestling and then I saw ECW and it was so different. And it was so, and it made me want to watch wrestling again. And then it was the whole attitude era. Oh man, what a great time to be a wrestling fan. And minus this pandemic, it's a effing awesome time to be a wrestling fan because we have so many options and up op- and different things to watch we could also watch it not from television we could set our dvrs but we could watch it on our phones it's so so cool but you have to be able to capture that uh cool factor and you also need the like i know and listen i was in the business i was helping change the business but i would watch the rock I would watch Steve Austin the moment they came on. I still, whenever I see Chris Jericho, I, I fast forward a lot of wrestling. I stop when I see Chris Jericho. I stop when I see fans frigging singing his entrance because that was a, such a, it's so different. The only last time it's ever been seen is a Sandman. Uh, that interaction that had Sting, Cody Rhodes, I always stop and listen to. Guys who could talk. Hey, I, I stop and listen to Drew McIntyre, what he has to say, or Randy Orton. But those are so far few in between. That's what is missing. And Dave, before you're talking about the Attitude Era, if you want to talk about the Attitude Era, and, and Justin, I know you'll agree, everybody was a star. There was a there was a six man tag on NXT. I was fast forwarding. I had to go back, and I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. And I watch every week. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Fraschella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory. 
victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You know, 15, 20 years ago, the last 15 minutes of Monday Night Raw was must-see TV. Lately, it's like the highest rating for Raw is usually the first segment of the show, and then it gradually goes down during the course of the show. Um, You have to make must-watch. And I think right now what's going on with Kenny Omega and Don Callis, it's getting people to look forward to and must-watch segments. Justin, look what we saw on Tuesday. Um, the number one trend was Impact Wrestling, and they're going head-to-head with the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens on a special Tuesday night edition of NFL football. I mean, Justin, I never thought we'd be saying Impact Wrestling trending one going up against the NFL. Well, your Cowboys aren't much to speak of, so let's, let's not hold that up to high regard. But yes, it was a, <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Impact's numbers were up like 33% from the week prior. Uh, and that, that's a huge deal. Um, I, you know, this is a huge rub for impact to, to have this going on because uh, to have this, you know, this, this crossover, whatever it is. And I think that <clears throat> the only downfall that I see at the moment is that it is in, in the era that we're in with social media and everybody has a voice is I, I've heard every possible scenario of what could happen of an AEW versus an impact or, you know, what if they join together with you know other promotions that have like a, a Wrestle Kingdom here in the States kind of event? I guess the, and the only worry I have, the only downfall is that the fans can speculate and can map out the fantasy book, the greatest thing in their mind. And, you know, maybe the relationship doesn't get to that. You know, we will have to wait and see what the, to what extent this crossover is going to be, what it's going to translate in. Uh, so that's the only, I guess, downfall is that in today's world, you know, you risk you're going to maybe disappoint some fans because you didn't go as far as, as, as they wanted, but obviously it's all about business and then this has to make sense business-wise, but yeah, talking about what's going on right now, this has got a, a huge bit of buzz. Um, people tune in Tuesday night, you know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm again, I'm always a wait and see, you know, the, it's storytelling week to week. I want to see what, how this plays out with Kenny and Don, because, you know, if you watch what they said Tuesday night on the tour bus interview with Josh Matthews, it was pretty much the same as what they then said on Wednesday on dynamite. And, and I got the feeling Tuesday, they were promising a certain, announcement or what have you. And then they didn't give that on Wednesday. So again, I'm going to wait and see. It, it might make sense three weeks from now, four weeks from now, whatever. Um, so I want to see how that plays out, but this is, yeah, this is huge. This has got people talking and, and it's and quite frankly for Kenny Omega, especially for him, the character, I think much needed because I think um, obviously fantastic bell to bell, the guy can, uh, can, can go no doubt about that. But I did feel that prior to uh, these recent weeks in AEW, I did feel that there was just something not connecting with, the audience, you know, different, different audience, different product in, in Japan potentially. So I felt like there was like a, a miss there. Was, something wasn't gelling. Now I feel we're moving more in the direction of I'm getting the the best of what Kenny Omega has to offer and having Don Callis uh, on the mic right there next to you, that ain't uh, going to hurt you either. So. Hey, I said it to Don, we had Don on and though he was more in the macabre um, for his ego and all of these ratings and all that stuff is just going to fuel it even more. But I saw more on Impact Wrestling and Kenny Omega than I ever have before. And just like you, we all know Kenny is an amazing wrestler, you know, he, main eventing uh, the Tokyo Dome and doing all these things, but he was over because of his in-ring work. Now, Kenny is must-see interview and showing this personality that came out. And that's when you have 
different eyeballs uh, helping or different eyeballs telling you, hey, be yourself. And now that, he, you know, he has Don, an impact who has all the stroke in the world to do that. That's one thing. And then you have Tony, even with that, you know, the old school uh, paid promotional sponsorship, Tony showing a little pizzazz and, and adding to this uh, as well as, you know, the commentary. I loved it right before the the beginning of the show, which, you know, if you went the two shows, uh, Metallica opened up the one thing. I'm sorry. Ozzy Osbourne opened up the one show and a recap opens. They, you know, they recap both shows. I loved the Ozzy Osbourne thing, but then I hear Jim Ross go, we got job, 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 jobs. And I was like, wow, literally that one word, because now you're saying they got screwed over and I want to hear what's happening about this. So it's, you're seeing different things. Uh, I hope it continues. I don't think it will due to egos, but I hope it continues. I mean, I guess history shows that that's usually the case, right? Egos usually get in the way. Yeah. I mean, the besides Paul being in the pocket of WWE, but that all fell apart uh, straight up. I, I was I was witness to it. It fell apart because long time ago, they wanted Rob to lose to uh, Rob to beat Road Dog, And Road Dog's like, why do I got to lose to him? He don't work here. Well, how does that help me? And then it got switched around. And then Paul was like, you know, telling Rob, hold your ground. And then he was telling Vince, like, I don't know, these guys are crazy. I can't control them. <laughs> so he kept himself neutral. And that whole little thing spun out of control. Just as simple as that. <laughs> if it really was a separate company, one guy has to say, well, listen, I'm going to leave with you guys, which Paul did say, but he probably told Vince, I'll be right back. Um <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that those egos fall apart just like that. And Road Dog was right. How does that help Road Dog's career if he would have lost to Rob Van Dam? This one, this even before the job squad. And if a guy doesn't work there, it, it's that was a different time, a much different time. But as simple as that, it all fell apart. And then there went our SummerSlam match. I didn't need a SummerSlam match. No, I didn't want to do that. The Brendan Burn Arena. I didn't need that payday. I probably wouldn't have got paid. But stuff like that always falls the wayside because of egos. And we're talking with a gigantic ego that Don Callis has. We're talking about impact uh, executives. There, there's so, you know, Tony Khan. Then you got networks involved. It, it's, I hope it doesn't, but it usually does. Uh, Justin, you mentioned about NXT, the numbers with NXT, the nostalgia factor with NXT because they can throw out those old WCW um, old school pay-per-views. Obviously, the viewers of NXT, they skew older over 50, which is crazy when you think about it because, you know, when NXT first started, you thought that they would be more in tap with a younger audience, but AEW has that younger audience. And we saw Sting on, on AEW, though it's clear that that is probably due to try to get Darby Allen to another stage in his career. And then as soon as we hear about the return of Sting and the deal that is set in place for Sting with AEW, Goldberg is a guest on The Bump this past Wednesday. And, and Goldberg uh, starts talking about Roman Reigns, starts talking about that uh, that championship title, starts talking about Roman Reigns and the spear and everything else. It's clear 
Justin, that they're going, now that we're getting closer and closer to WrestleMania season, it looks like Goldberg is finding his way back on to WWE programming. Yeah, I mean, it was inevitable. Look, you know, Goldberg and Roman was supposed to be uh, mania last year. And then obviously right as this pandemic hits this country, um, you know, Roman steps aside and and for, for you know, personal. Uh, so it was inevitable they were going to go back to this well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when you try to put it side by side, you know, you have Goldberg who pops up and does, you know, two matches a year uh, for for WWE. That doesn't compare in this quick moment to Sting, who, you know, was a, was a, a headliner for the WWE Hall of Fame and, and doing the Legends tour and everything. And then all of a sudden things fall apart and he's back on his home. He's back on 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 TNT after 20 years with Tony Schiavone, you know, doing the doing the commentary. And, you know, so obviously side by side, you know, Sting, you know, that Sting's going to win that that weekly battle. Uh, of the nostalgia, but yeah, Goldberg again is inevitable. Um, you know, I, I think what's interesting is this might benefit. This might work right now only because there's not fans. WWE has control to basically manufacture the narrative. Because quite frankly, I think I think your general fan is kind of gotten over the, the the Goldberg comeback when he first came back. It, it was great, and then he got the pop, and you know, especially even working a Brock Lesnar when you have a Paul Heyman who can, who can work up a heel Brock Lesnar. But you know what I think right now, I think with the work that Roman Reigns is doing, the quality of work of his heel, his, his heel performance, I actually think if you had an arena full of fans, Goldberg versus Roman, I think they're going to side more with Roman, which right now Roman's the heel Agreed. and that's not what they want. So, but I think the fact that they don't have that arena full of fans and they can pipe whatever sounds or whatever chant they want, they can get away with it right now and make it seem like, yeah, we're getting what we wanted to have happen. Uh, I, I, no, no disrespect to Goldberg, but I hope that he doesn't take the title from Roman uh, just because, again, I don't think he needs it. And I don't think it would make much sense. Again, Roman's really clicking and I love the act that he's doing. I think he's arguably the, the I think him next to Randy Orton and the next to the Fiend is the most is most intriguing thing that WWE puts out on TV each week. Um, so, but yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'd, I hope I'd rather see it for a rumble. I'd rather see it just be a quick, you know, the title match at rumble sometimes can be a little bit of a dismissal because maybe the champion at rumble going in you know, is the champion that needs to go to mania. So I kind of would hope it to be just a marquee thing that could put on for rumble. Uh, I would rather something different for Roman to mania. Everybody waits for the rock. I don't know if, if, and when that's possible given his Hollywood demand, but uh, yeah, Goldberg Roman inevitable, but hopefully they keep it with Roman. It, first of all, you said something very, very profound. And then it made me think about it. When we talk about superstars, uh, you said Roman, the fiend, and Randy Orton, yeah, correct? Yep. Exactly. You want to know why else? Three generations. Three generations of growing up in this business and understanding how to get over and getting over. That, there are so, it's different on the indies. And, you know, people will say, and, and I've heard it, man, like, oh, did you hear that crowd? Yeah, it's a crowd of 100 people because you're on the indies or 200 people. And then there would be indie darlings, indie darlings. Uh, Mike Bennett said it yesterday. I got better because I was in the WWE system. Uh, the WWE system does make you better. It really does. I watch Eric Young. Eric Young was phenomenal. He went to WWE and got better. Um, that system helps it as the individual. But then it's, like I said, if we have three years of, of, the, of an NXT takeover, and there's only one person to break the echelon, something is wrong there. It really is. Um, I, I look at, uh, and I love the guy, Timothy Thatcher, this great old school throwback person. If you want to talk about, if I'm, I'm going the ultimate extreme with DX, 
What if he's doing something, blah, 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 and he steps up to William Regal? William Regal, who's not only an authority figure, but also somebody who's known as being an outstanding technical wrestler. And if William Regal, who can deliver any promo uh, from comedy to utter seriously uh, ness and look at you like I'm going to hurt you, if he stepped up and be like, hey, man, don't ever disrespect me ever again. Don't ever make me take off this suit and show you what I can still do. Because I remember the first time ever meeting, um, man, what the hell? Jim Ross guy, the old man, friggin' crush apples. Known Danny, sh- D- Danny Hodge. Danny Hodge. That man shook my hand and I thought he was going to break it. That man put his arm around me to take a picture and cinched my ribs and I'm tough Tommy Dreamer. And I was like, this guy still can go and wants to. If you had that of just a speculation, doesn't, or then if William, oh, you think you're so bad? Well, here's someone I'm personally grooming. And it's this person. They just did it in AEW with Dustin Rhodes and somebody else. Hey, this guy's from the team, the new team nightmare dojo. This guy's going to be an interesting prospect. Stuff like that gets people intrigued. Look at if we go old, old school, Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino had Arnold Skolin. Bruno could talk. Arnold Skolin was perhaps one of the worst managers in the history of wrestling. What did Arnold Skolin do? He did nothing for the wrestler because they were baby faces. He was over as can be. He really didn't cut promos. He, why, why was he in Bruno San Martino's corner? Because they were friends because he worked for the company. But we all hold Arnold Skolin in such great mm-hmm. uh, esteem because he managed, and who then? Who did he pick as his next guy he's going to manage? Bob Backlund. Backlund, yeah. Think of that and go back and tell me what Arnold Skolin, when Arnold Skolin, all he's most famous for is throwing in the towel. But he wasn't because Arnold Skolin was just as over as everybody else. Why? I don't know. He threw, you know, if you think about what the classic manager did, a babyface manager is the hardest position in in professional wrestling, and yet Arnold Skolin was the best at it. What did he do? He drove Bruno. He managed his travel. Like, if you really go and, and break it down, but he was amazing. And I remember him wrestling Captain Lou Albano at the Garden because I saw it, and I was just like, Arnold Skolin's the best ever, even though he's an old man. <laughs> <clears throat> it's you need true. those it's things. True. And you need... The, and Arnold Skolin, like, he's helping Bruno. He's helping Bob Backlund. You need the older guys to help the younger guys. And then for the few older guys that can still go, use them. Uh, you know, you look at the NFL. The NFL ratings skew 50 to 60. And before the pandemic, they were having their greatest numbers. Not so much the older, I mean, the younger audience. But, hey, there's still a lot of younger people in the crowd. And then you look at, you know, AEW there, it's so hard to go by ratings because you also had the, what your company, when your company is over, you know, old school, Ricky Morton, when the girls start coming to your show, you know, it's over the best part about ECW. I could literally look in the audience and you go back and watch it chronologically. You'll watch the company grow at this same place. And then, yes, I remember girls started showing up and I was like, Oh, this is it. And it was. And no matter who left, we always 
like, and I said it on the air with Don because Don hated a few of the ECW champions. He's like, that's when the that's when ECW died. And I was like, dude, our business is through the roof. So how do you say that? But that's his opinion over mine. And apparently he knows more than everybody right now. So. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Dave, you had made a very interesting point uh, yesterday. And yes, I did. Thank you. The about talking with Goldberg, Roman, that whole scenario, and it's kind of been thrown out there. You don't want to. You want to see it, but you don't want to see it when it involves the world title, because the world yes. title for your company should mean everything. And I couldn't agree more with you on that assessment. And just like I said, like for adding these different superstars or having other superstars endorse other people on camera. Like I thought, honestly, like Mark Henry, this hall of famer and Keith Lee could have been something. I really did. Um, you look at the resurgence of MVP and what he's done for Bobby, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric, the hurt business, a very, very cool little faction. Um, you had MVP who could talk, an MVP who can still work. Uh, and he was one of those guys who was on the cusp of being next level, gigantic WWE superstar though. And then what did he do? He left, he went to new Japan. He went to impact. He came back different, different guy, different situation. Um, you need those things to help progress with the history of, of the business. And I've gone as far back as Arnold Skolin, who was a wrestler. Uh, and then he manages Bruno San Martino to current day stuff. You, you do need those things. You look at the, the use to the point where it's almost the overuse of the manager in AEW, because you have a lot of talented people that I don't see the Vicky Guerrero's uh, the Jake, the snakes, but now look at like what happened. And we, uh, we even asked him like Don Callis, Don Callis and Kenny Omega, they ignited the business. He used the Bobby Heenan, Nick Bockwinkle reference. Um, things like that are really, really good. Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns didn't need him. I don't think Paul, Roman, Reigns, Roman Reigns needs Paul Heyman, but it adds to the act and it's working. But, you know, Paul doesn't do contemporary manager things. When Roman is in trouble, Paul does not get involved, which that's your meal ticket. And it is Paul Heyman's meal ticket. He would do whatever it takes. But then Paul will talk about he's his, advocate whichever that means it's just another uh term for manager but i mean paul latches himself on to top acts and makes them better so kudos to him uh, what i'm just trying to say is yes you're you're right the only other way i could see that but not so much as for the world title picture is if let's say goldberg costs roman reigns the title and then you could do the spear versus the spear and if it's a two-day WrestleMania spectacular, which probably it will be the way the world is moving uh, during this whole pandemic. And I really did like last year's WrestleMania. I get it. 
Um, it's it's not uh, a WrestleMania I would go back and watch just because of the atmosphere of it. I mean, the, right. the whole fun of WrestleMania is you know the the eighty five thousand people when you have nobody. It's it's just too jarring for me to go back and watch. It's a little bit more uh, digestible with the Thunderdome. But I agree with you. Like I I like. You know, a lot of people and a lot of the WWE loyalists is like Sting. Come on, AEW brings what? What could Sting possibly do? Well, I, Sting can bring Darby Allen and get him. And even though as big as Darby Allen is right now, take him to another level. You know, Goldberg coming back and going after a championship title. What does that do? I mean, what does that? What does that do for Roman? Roman's already over as much as you could possibly be. Roman Reigns beating Goldberg does nothing for Goldberg. It does nothing for Roman Reigns. Goldberg can only hurt in this situation because God forbid Goldberg beats Roman, that hurts Roman. does nothing for Goldberg. Goldberg's already Hall of Famer. Like, that's what I have a problem with. Again, you want to bring back, this is the problem I have with the WWE right now, is they don't have faith in their roster. They don't believe anybody's over to put them in a main event match at WrestleMania. So we have to bring the veteran. We always have to bring the veteran in. We always have to bring the returning legend in. I understand it to a point, but not when it comes to main events and championship titles. That should for that should be for the people who have been there the whole year. You have stories for these people the whole year. You call them superstars. Get them over to the point where you have faith enough for them to be in a main event match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films... To talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So now we'll talk about Bellas because I do love the Bellas. And there's a lot of family drama going on with the Bellas. But last night, the episode did have a lot to do with sex, which I thought was kind of relatable for most people, I'm guessing, that are either married or having babies. But Artem has a fear of, he's very uneasy with Nikki's baby bump, like her big belly. So he was like not wanting to engage. So it was making her feel very insecure. And what's funny is it made Nikki just walk around naked all the time, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. That was her needing attention. So Nikki Bella was like in her pool in the backyard, butt naked, just in the middle of the day and like changing her plants, like butt naked in the middle of the day. And it was making everybody extremely uncomfortable, which obviously I hope you wouldn't feel uncomfortable if your girlfriend or fiance is walking around naked. I mean, you should like that. But so Artem goes to Bree and he's like, I have this big problem. So they pulled this prank on her in saying that the neighbors have a video camera and these young boys saw Nikki butt naked swimming around in her backyard and it's like a big problem for the neighborhood and she needs to stop being naked i mean guys would you really be that mad if nikki bella was walking around butt naked in your back i'm sorry no but is she doing it just around him like there's not like it's not like they have family over or anything like that right she's doing it around him but brie was saying that nikki doesn't really know boundaries like she walked so they're next door neighbors i don't know if you guys know this like brie and Nikki live in Phoenix and their houses are next door. So she would just walk into the house and like Daniel, uh, Brian would be in the kitchen in his boxers. And Nikki would be like, oh, hey, like, what's up, Brian? And he'd be like, 
uh, hi, Nikki, like, what's up? And he's sitting there in like his underwear making breakfast. So she like, doesn't know boundaries. Like, do you have anybody in your, in your family that like, doesn't really know boundaries or like someone who doesn't know when they should cross the line or not? Cause they're so open with themselves. I feel like there's some people like that in the world. Yeah. I, thankfully I don't have anybody like that in, in my world. Tommy, you. Uh, I am that person. I get told to uh, stop peeing outside with my dogs every night. We all have to go out and pee. Uh, I do it in the day, too. Sometimes I like to pee in the front of my house in case there's cars. It's like danger pee. makes it even feel more important. Who's going to see who's not? You got to mark your territory. Yeah, man. It's my house. I'm doing an outline. Animal instincts. And whenever I walk around the house naked, I get told to put on clothes quickly all the time. I feel like that's in most places when you're naked. They're just like, put on your clothes. Oh, my God. And why would uh, Daniel Bryan care if he's wearing boxers? Because boxers are actually longer. I think it was underwear. Than his trunks that he wrestles in the ring. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, though. It's just it's the point that he's in his kitchen making breakfast. And then like his his sister-in-law walks in, like doesn't even ring the doorbell or knock, just like walks into that. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's your own time. I don't wear underwear or sweats in these half these Zoom shows. I'm just sitting here. You just see my upper body. I stick to the plastic. I make fart noises. I'm good. We know. Um, but then the other thing that Daniel Bryan is the MVP of this show, I will say, speaking yes, of Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes. I love He's it. awesome. So yes. Bree goes to her husband, Brian, and is like, you need to talk to Artem because he's uncomfortable doing it with Nikki because of the belly. She makes... Brian have that awkward conversation with Artem, which in the beginning, I'm like, you know, that's not nice to put your husband on the spot like that for your sister, because it's his sister-in-law's husband. Like it's a weird dynamic, but then it's kind of like a nice moment because the guys say like men never really talk about their issues with other men. It's almost looked as like a weakness. So I think that guys need to do this a little more. I think you guys should open up about your feelings, things that bother you and you should have real life conversations with each other, because I think it helps. I think, you know, you and Tommy every once a week, how, how are you doing today, Tommy? Like what's bothering you? Are you having any issues Bond, in the bedroom uh, in your life? Yeah. What's happening? Besides this segment. No, I'm good. Um, what, let me tell oh, is you. Is that yeah. you trying to be fun? That's you trying to be funny. Oh, 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 oh. Thanks let for being a villain today. I appreciate it. Little thing. Cause every man listening will understand this. If they've had a pregnant wife or girlfriend. And I'm going to tell you something, Gabby, that most men, because we have secret meetings about all of you women. So every woman who's now listening to this, just close your ears. When a woman gets pregnant, not only does their belly button fill up, which is quite disturbing for us men to see, and it's sometimes it even pops out. We didn't get into this relationship to date alien. We did not. And then there's other something called the linear line where your belly button fills in with a darker color from the top of your vajayjay all the way up to your belly button. It's a straight line. It's a bullseye if you're shooting for uh, something to go through when you're doing Or a treasure trail. I would call it a treasure trail. And most of us think it's disgusting and gross. We still do it because we're men and we want to have sex. But, however, we all think it's gross. (laughs) Also, too, it is scientifically proven that pregnancy does increase the female libido. So take advantage, guys. And it pops out because the turkey's done. And because after that, most times you're not going to have much sex after that, after that. Yeah, just Thank do you. it. And All this right. is your public service announcement. 
Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.